So before we get into this uh, podcast with uh, Dave Miles, I just want to shout out to our two sponsors that we got on board at the moment. Um, the first one being that just jumped on board, which we're so appreciative of, is uh, Brick Lane Brewery. Uh, Brick Lane Brewing community began when 25 friends came together with a plan to do things a bit different. A place where it's simply about good beer no matter what beer you like. From lagers to IPAs and their new IPA coming out this is just freestyling but it's uh, 6.5 and I'll knock your dick in the dirt and it tastes like it's another 6.5. I, I absolutely love it. From sours to limited releases there's a beer for everyone to enjoy over the good times. Some of Brick Lane mates you probably already know, like Billy Slater, Dan Carter, and Tim Horan, being some of the guys involved in this brewery. Support the brewery that supports our boys. And obviously, guys, you know they support us with um, the, the small reach that we have at the moment, but they've jumped on board, and it just shows how much um, they just love being part of um, it all. And also with our other sponsor, which is Mates, which is M-A-A-A-A-T-E-S, merchandise.com um, selling uh, the double pluggers that support the foundations like Mates for Mates um, and mental illness in the work industry. So just the uh, two that we'd like to plug and also with uh, Brick Lane, we were drinking on the podcast tonight, the Melbourne Storm edition, which shows the connection with Billy Slater and uh, we love loving it and that's just the lager, but the, the rest is the... The best is yet to come because those IPAs are going to be stocked in the 6.5. You get blasted off your ass. But thanks for both of them and I appreciate it and I hope you enjoy the podcast. On the seventh day, God created the right man and said, go forth with your full head of hair, my son. So church on a Sunday as righty will be preaching the good word of football any given Monday. And here we are, back again. Welcome aboard, boys. How are things? Good, how are you right, man? I heard about a bit of a training session this army? Uh, training session, uh, no, just a few people caught up in a park. <laughs> we, we abided by the required social distancing and just threw the football around a bit, did a little bit of running, that's about it. Yeah, nice. Do you get on, you get on the jog too, righty? Or uh, no, I helped stri- out with some of the strictly drill. coaching. Strictly coaching. I did some exercise earlier today, so I had to run a eye over people. So there's no wrestling. Uh, no, none. We broke no laws. Let me repeat: <laughs> no laws were broken. A lot of those NRL clubs that are bad at wrestling would have loved that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a bit of um, the chat now? Everyone's freaking out about one referee. I don't know. How many, how many, how long in your life would you have played with one referee before? Now, because coaches haven't had enough time, they're worried about. Look at the uh, the football IQ of a lot of the coaches. How long do you think it's going to take Trent Robinson, Hasler, Bellamy, hmm. Bennett, or and their and their assistants to work out Magic McGuire to work out ways to try and uh, utilize it best? Not long. I think the only the the major um, concern about it was just the speed of the game and whether one ref, especially after the refs have been conditioned to having two, now one ref's got to come step in and try and control the whole game, whether he'll be able to do it or not. And if it's just going to park now one end, calling ruck infringements all day and having six to go. Yeah, well, if we're not talking about a lease already, one, I guess it's got... <laughs> yeah. So can you get that, um, here we have 
the second best five eight in the history of the North Queensland Cowboys <laughs> as being decided by a poll as we speak. Dave Miles, thanks for coming on board, mate. Yeah, you're welcome, Roddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no drama. Um, another thing you and Freddie have in common, both former USA internationals too. Didn't get a chance to play together. Yeah. No, we didn't. He helped you qualify and then you just like uh, sponged off that, you know, like and just sw- – can you picture if you had him, Pedo, BJ Lalua, Maiklin in that 2013 side? So it's like Maddie and Peterson and all that. They're, the, they're that shark going through and me and Ophel are just those sucker fish that come on and just touch themselves <laughs> to the right after. That's good work though. It's good, smart. Smart, that's good. Use those techniques many a time in life. <laughs> just jump in and take that spot. So, Molesy, this week, you got, yeah. uh, did you get the text or the call from Right Man about this? Uh, I got a message, I think, earlier in the week, and then I got followed up with a phone call. Yeah. So, I'm happy to help out. I think you guys are doing a good thing, and the more we can talk about footy, the better, I think. Yeah. And how's, uh, how have you been going through all this COVID shit? Mate, well, yeah, look, it's been challenging with the kids, that's for sure, but uh, homeschooling, uh, but... Mate, business, everything, it's just life, right? You just got to get on with it. There's no point whinging about it. You just um, make a plan, stick to it, and keep pushing forward. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what about the uh, lack of uh, sports and betting and rugby league? Yeah, that's that's been tough. Yeah, the, the no sports, the what do you do on a Saturday, Arvo? Yeah. Um, and it, look, it's been challenging, but um, hopefully we're on the on the way through. What, we've got two weeks to go mm. till footy. You know, that, yeah, that's a, yeah, very soon. Yeah. Thursday week. Yeah, which back. is great. And then, you know, for me, we, we've got young kids, so just having them back at sport too. Mm. You know, I coach their footy sides and and soccer and cricket, you know, just having them back into normality, you know. We're looking forward to that. And you've, um, your youngest boys, they play over at uh, Graceville Juniors? Yeah, South Graceville. Yeah, so so now we're, the Normby Hounds have come over, so we're the... South Graceful Hounds now. Oh, they yeah. they've saved our bacon, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, they've been great. They've been great for our club. A good bunch of guys. Yeah, we're getting yeah. we're getting Luke Trammer on in a few weeks. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So that'd be good. Yeah. How how did that go down with the faithful? Because I know in those sort of situations where clubs have to merge or be become part of another in some any way, there's always people that would prefer to go alone and end up dying in the arse then keep some of their identity share their identity with another club yeah well you know i think that's just short-sighted at the end of the day you got to look at what what what's it it's a community club it's there for anybody to play rugby league we want more kids to play rugby league so i think putting personal agendas in front of that's just silly at the end of the day we want somewhere where we can have boys and girls to experience our great game and hopefully continue on it is just one-eyed too, those people who have that, that sort of opinion of like, obviously you want to see your team succeed and that, but if if being that um, that one-eyed is just going to lead you to failure, whereas if you, if it's a if it's a forming of two clubs that needs to happen to make the game better or to make the clubs better and give more opportunity to more people, it's probably the smartest thing you got to do and you just got to do it. And, and it's been successful over time. Like um, the sides in the NRL now is who are still merger sides that are, they're still going, still going strong. So, well, yeah, happens, there's plenty of Illawarra happen. juniors that come up and play through the ranks at St George Illawarra. A lot of the young guys that come through, they probably wouldn't remember the Steelers being a standalone 
uh, entity in the NRL and things like that. Like you, like you've all said, you got to put a, put aside personal agendas and just for the betterment of the game to exist in some format is better than dying in the ass. Yeah, you know that's it. Back when you you're a former Charger, Dave. Yeah. That year, when was it? Ninety eight. Your season there, your breakthrough season yep. when you first played first grade. I remember at the end of that year, they offered to um they were going to merge with the oh the year before with the Hunter Mariners the year before yep. you went there, so they would have got Brett Camorley, Paul Marquette, young young blokes like uh, Brett Finch, Willie Mason, um, Scott Hill was playing then, but the Coasties decided to go alone, they were dead within a year. Where if they had emerged, the players that ended up going, a lot of those guys that went to the Melbourne Storm a year later would have been on the coast and maybe the coast would have had more success with these blokes coming through. And when you're winning, everybody jumps on board, especially a place like the Goldie. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. No, before the charges, what, yeah. what club got you? What was their crushes? Yeah, I was at the crushes. Uh, I think I was sixteen odd. I think when I yeah. signed their first deal and there for three years till they folded, yeah. and then um, then got a start at the charges, and that's when I debuted in ninety eight. And before, yeah. and before crushes your junior West Serrano Hills West Serrano yep. Grove boys yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah so Fernie Grove High went to Groveley State School Fernie Grove High and yeah. played all my juniors at West Serrano Hills your debut game was <coughs> to play against the Bronx yeah it was um, and um, oh man the, just thinking about it now I was <laughs> shitting myself like <laughs> they had all the guys that I just dreamed and watched playing Origin yeah. you know and uh, just loved and I I remember my first tackle, uh, well, I got tackled. Uh, Gordon Tallis picked me up, put me on my head, and Alfie elbowed me across the nose and did the classic, well, welcome to first grade. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> see you next Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I just went back out there and go, oh, geez, I don't know if this is for me, you know. Um, and um, they, they <clears throat> put the sword to us and give it to us. And uh, then the next week we played Canberra. And I remember having to tackle Brad Clyde about eight times. Just thinking, oh my god, like, <laughs> yeah. But nightmares, uh, eh? Stuff you sweat about in your sleep. Oh yeah, so. yeah, definitely. But um, after a few games, it, actually, it was probably till the next time we played the Broncos, and one of the older blokes, I think he saw I was probably people watching instead of jersey watching. You know, I was giving the guys too much respect, um, just probably still in. Den- disbelief i was actually out there playing against them and they said well, you know play the play the jersey not the man and i remember um uh conor Meadies at the time a coach he told me every time pearl just run him off the ball run him off the ball run him off the ball you know steve ran off again another idol and i did it and i did it and i did it and then the fourth time i did it he just hooked me and uh <clears throat> we ended up punching on i'm thinking oh my god yeah <laughs> i love you mate we're having a blue um he ends up getting 10 minutes um and then from then i was all right you know <laughs> fuck these blokes it's it, it's on now um, yeah 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 we laugh about it it's the same i had a, i didn't i had a couple of blues along the way the other one that i remember sean timmons you know we he's a really good fella and um again it was by instruction by the coach um, it was Muzzer, Graham Murray, late Graham Murray now, told me every time that um, 
young head, Matthew Head, was it righty? Yeah, the halfback. Yeah, yep. he was debuting. That was his debut year. Every time he gets the ball, bash him, get him, get him, get him. So I did it that first half. Anyway, they must have gone in half time and, and someone said, would you stop him doing that? <laughs> and uh, so I did it one more time and then Sean Timmons comes in and, and it was on and we threw 78 punches and hit each other once and then – at the end of the game, he had a little nick and I had a little nick and it was, did, did I do that? Yeah, did you? Yeah, you did. So, you know, we laugh about it now. Um, he's a solid unit, two Timmons. Yeah, he's not yeah a I know. I was glad ball. he missed the most of them. That's for sure. <laughs> Miles, out on the field, did you think, like, if, when a stuff went down, did you think, yeah, I know I can throw him a bit? Or did you? Uh, I think it got on top of me, to be honest, the emotion, man. Because uh, I, I was, um, you know, and I know. I'm honest about it. I was an average first grader. Like, I knew that I had to, if we trained 10 times a week, I had to train 12 just to be in the side. You know, I knew I did a few things well, and that's what I stuck to. But part of it was that I always gave my best and did whatever I could for the guy next to me. And that sometimes got you in positions where you're in the middle of going, holy shit, I should not be here. (laughs) But, you know, I wouldn't take it all back, you know. Um, it's a team sport and um, one in, I would say one in all in, but I mean, you, you're in it together. You know, it wasn't about fighting or anything, but it's, you know, you're off the line together. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. talking together. You ch- keep chasing together. You're, you're helping each other. So yeah. when we playing in the halves and stuff, did you yep. feel like, because I kind of feel the same way, especially in the halves, that for me is a is a process I've got to put together a training. It's not a natural thing where I'm like, oh, I'm a halfback. I can naturally do this. When you when I look at like, uh, you know, you look at Thurston and all yeah. that, like where it's just so silky. Yeah. It's actual the hours you put into it is what you get out of it. Oh like, yeah. It didn't come. It, it didn't come natural for me at all. No. And is that what, how you felt? Like hundred percent, mate. I, I mean, I started off as a centre all my juniors, and then I debuted in the centres, played. Mostly there, the first sort of five years, I suppose, and then some fullback, which I really enjoyed. But then as you get a bit older and slower, sort of went in a bit more uh, when they realised I could tackle all right, you know. So I think the theory was there's another tall body in the line that wasn't a, a smaller bloke as such. So, But yes, it wasn't natural, not at all. You know, so I picked a few things I could do well and just stuck to that. Yeah. Didn't try to go out of my comfort zone in that uh, out of my skill set there was other blokes like i just think back to you know when i was started back really in the halves of the cowboys you had matty bowen you know he's unbelievable you did you already had that freaky player in the in the side that could Mm -hmm. do anything you know matty singh um blokes like that that could just turn a game you didn't have to do that uh, in the halves as long as i made my tackles did my kicks and organized my side of the field that was me yeah. yeah, we we watched highlights of 2003. You beat Canberra down in Canberra, and Canberra going pretty well. And so you, it was like uh, what we did. Sorry to cut you off, Friday. What we did is because there's no footy on, we told people this is the game we're watching on KO, and it was you guys versus Canberra. So we watched that game and chatted about it. That okay, week. yep. And I noticed the way Henry, um, oh, not Neil Henry, um, would have been Mother Ma, yeah. Graham Murray had you, you've. He sort of mixed up the role you played. You didn't have to ball play that much no. because you had Bowen at the back. Yeah. And that was when the that sweeping fullback play, and Bowen has the skills of a 5'8 anyway, it just seemed like you're more of a runner yeah. like in there. And like you said, you're a big body. 
you had a, and you had a good win that night. And you, that sort of is how you played the next year when you <clears> went <throat> to the finals. Yeah, you had uh, it was a good um, combination. You had a few. Oh, you had Trav Norton there too. Bit of a ball playing, ball playing lock. Mm. How mm. was it? Who? How did you? Did you did you like that sort of um, transition to that role? Like you know what I mean? I know in the centres you can get stuck out there just tackling sometimes. Some games all you can do is t- hit ups and tackle people. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed um, yeah more of a leadership role because from there I I was put in that position and then into the leadership group of our club. So I enjoyed that. You know, it was a bit more responsibility, a um, little bit more input uh, to the to the game. It probably helped me because I started to think about the game more, which I never really did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just went and played footy. Um, but then going to a new position, I had to think more. I watched a heap more video, that's for sure, um, and watched a lot of other players. I watched, like, the Fittlers and the and the Lockies at the time. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> That well, has been shit. Um, yeah, and just tried to pick on the things that they do well. Um, but again, you know, I realised, well, I can't do that and I can't do that, but I can do this and this well. And one of the things that, you know, one of my proudest moments of my career was um, they, when they started getting real heavy on the stats, you know, the ta- tackles, effective tackles, ineffective tackles, missed, dominant, um, across the board... I was number one for the five eights that included all of those guys. So that was something I was really proud of yeah. because that was what I was doing for the team. Um, I was yeah. making the dominant tackles. That's Mind you, I had fucking Luke O'Donnell inside me. That yeah. helped. That would helped so there was a lot of times I just flopped on top and copped a tick for a dominant <laughs> tackle. But, um, you know, that's probably something that I'm pretty proud of because that was what I contributed every week to the yeah. team. And in, in an area like that too, you know, you can something to be proud of too because it's an effort area. It's not something that... That does come with individual brilliant sort of thing. It's just mm. putting your body in front and, yeah. and making your tackles, putting in hundred percent for the team. So yeah. that's one of those areas you everyone can be better at. You just gotta work for yourself and work for your mates. Yeah, that's mm. it. Mm. Um Mosley, when we watched like especially me and Dano, the variety was watching it when it was black and white. But when <laughs> oh, <watched> please <laughs> dickhead <laughs> when we watched like those games, I don't know what what Dana thinks, but the, like the late uh, late nineties, early two thousands on KO and stuff. I, I'm, I watch it thinking, "Fuck, this is the best football." Mm. Like, even <clears throat> since watching it from then on to now, being a part of it, do you watch what we what they're putting out now and go, "No, nah, I like the era that I played in." Or yeah, there's certain areas that's for sure. You know, I think a lot of the there's there's areas that I miss out of the game, and I think that um that the, the, the <laughs> The toughness side of things, I mean, it's it's there, but it's a different toughness. Mm. You know, like, I look at, um, I just think that there's more individuals now than when I played. I felt like it was, okay, put it, if if we all had to have a, f- I don't know if you want to go or not, but we all had a flu shot, well, everyone would have a flu shot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There'd yeah. be no, yeah. uh, in that disrespecting to anyone's partners or views or whatever, but this is my job, this is my role. Uh, you know, if I'm a if I'm a fireman, I have to have a flu shot. If I'm yeah. a police, uh, actually, I'm not sure. If police, but nurses, you got to have a flu shot, right? Any same person yeah. Has a flu shot, yeah, that's right. So that would never have happened. It yeah. just wouldn't have happened because, for one, one of the older blokes would have gone back, take the flu shot, dickhead, yeah. because we can't play. Which is how it should this be. And I heard um, I heard on <clears> radio Wade Graham was talking to um, 
to the boys on Triple M. He said if it, if it was someone in my side, like he said, we don't have a problem here at Cronulla. Everyone's gone and got the jab. But he said if it was a player in my side, I'd just pull him aside and say, mate, um, is there like a decent reason you don't want to get the flu jab? Like you have medical reasons, what whatnot? And he said if if there wasn't, I'd tell him, say, mate, it's a team sport. We all do shit we don't want to do for yeah. each other. Just going at the jab, but if it was religious, something like that, he said I'd leave it alone. But he said that's my role as as a club captain. I'd pull him aside and say, "Mate, we're here. Everyone's putting in, and you're the reason we're fucking sitting on the pine at the moment." So, yeah. But and that comes down to the leaders, like yeah. like Molsey saying that. Like you're you look up to these blokes. Like you're at the mm. cows, right? When you were yep. playing it, and you had blokes like uh, Kevin Campion, yeah. things like that. All yeah. those sort of, and like Blake said, like if he said, if he told yeah, you to have Bowman. it, yeah, Bowman, yeah. Bear, um, <laughs> you mate, Big Ra, yeah, you know, and things like that. Definitely. Like, you have to do that. Like, even at our level, like, I would do something, if I was playing, I would do something, even if I didn't want to do it, because we're all buying in, because well, I didn't want to yeah. be known as the bloke who didn't want to do it, unless it was morally offensive with you. The thing with Cartwright is, no offense to his beliefs, he has his beliefs. But it's just turned out like it's got hypocritical. One minute he couldn't, he was against it, he was against it. Now he goes and gets a medical certificate so he couldn't do it. Do that in the beginning. Mm. It's like you've gone mm. and found an out clause. <laughs> yeah, 100%. He's yeah. taken the piss out of his, I think, out of his teammates, the club, the fans, the government. You know, honestly, like they've just found a loophole and then mm. here you go. That's probably the you main know. reason he's been training with the second side too. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, if, you're player, if you're a player, if you're a player, I don't care what anyone anyone says on the front. They're they're going. I don't want to play this this bloke yeah. because who is he going to be there after we've done ten tackles in a row on the line and making that extra effort? Well, let's face no, it. I play, I've uh, seen Cartwright play a lot of footy in the last couple of years. <laughs> I haven't seen him make a lot of tackles. That's for sure. That so. was the worst thing he ever did. Was going there. Oh. I don't know why. When he was at Penrith, he was going half a right, and then yeah. he comes over to the Gold Coast and just I don't know. Thinks he's on a holiday and. Um, just sort of parked it up. He said, I'm on my 700 a year or whatever he is, 650. Yeah. And if I was him on 700 and all I had to do was get the flu shot to keep that, fuck me, I'd be getting the jab straight away before Easily. I realise I can't tackle for shit anymore. Oh, <laughs> like that. Jab me in my penis hole. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just you put do, it in me. You like to do stuff like that anyway. <laughs> That's your go, man. Yeah, but it's not usually the flu shot. You know? yeah. And Miles, your yep. last team was Titans. Yeah. You finished up with the Titans. Yeah, 07. in there as well. Yeah, yeah, Pedo was there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's a good fella, Pedo. He's a good value. Yeah. Slowest winger in the NRL. <laughs> Mate, he, he, will, he will openly tell you that, I don't know how many games he played. Did he play 100? Did he? Yeah, he would. He was yeah, a Probably, he was yeah. A, so he, he was a para early. If he's honest, he will say that he played 50 of those games because he could tackle, he could um, count one to six at training. Mate, every t- every tackle, you know the coach says to the wingers, count the tackles? Mate, he did yep. it so loud every fucking time <laughs> that the coaches just thought he was awesome. Uh, he openly admits that he reckons that got him another 50 games. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's um, one of my more favourite teammates I've had. Yeah. Just, like, he is what he is. He's just, you fucking, he'll tell you how it is. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But um, recently we went for beers with Cantoni and stuff. Yeah. And he was, I think I've told this story before, I find it hilarious, but he was talking about it because he had his double hip replacement. Yeah. And he said that, like, one doctor was like, I oh, know, we'll just see with physio and stuff how you get through it. And then you go to a proper specialist and shit, and it's like, mate, your hips are fucked. Fuck, yeah. You need the double hip replacement. Yeah. And yeah. then with the same specialist, he's like, oh, so how do you reckon I, um, I'm going to do with my knee? And he goes, 
you need five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be in neither, but you thought he just needed ACL. Yeah. No, you need a full meet. Full meet, yeah. Oh, bro. Yeah. But uh, even over in the UK, like, in that 13, 2013, <laughs> after the games, he's doing so much rehab just to get himself back onto the field because he's yeah. pulled like a fucking robot. Like, yeah. Man, like. yeah, no, he's the most busted up winger you'll ever find. <laughs> mm. Normally, they skate through their careers all right. And yeah. did you notice going to the Titans, do you notice that the, like, the, the difference of a start-up club compared to what you were coming from? Like, mm, Yeah, definitely. There was it's It's been a broken culture like the, the Gold Coast. You know, it's, uh, what have they had, three or four bites at it now? Um, so, yeah, you don't have the – I mean, and the culture uh, is so important, I think, in any team sport, especially ours, you know, and I think – you know, even just look at Queensland, for example, the origins. I mean, I, I, I was lucky enough to be involved with QAS with the 15s and 16s a few years ago when Cale and Ponger and the boys were coming through. And, mate, we had them down watching um, origin videos at that age. Thought this is what it's about. This is what, why we're different. This is our club, uh, our, our state, and this is what it means to play for Queensland. So... Starting new clubs difficult, especially when there's not the strong leadership. Uh, mm. And like anything, you know, you can look at our game at the moment. Uh, <clears throat> well, the last few years, leadership hasn't exactly been there. I, I, mm. I haven't thought anyway um, until now. From what I can see, he's, you know, he's, he yeah. seems to be doing a good job. I, I don't know him, but um, from what I I see, I'm glad he's there. Put it that way, as opposed to. So that Beatty or someone who yeah. was in there last, I, I don't think our game gets up next week. We had this conversation the other day, me and Molsey, and I said, if we were in the same position and one of those past leaders of the were were there, would would they have been able to get it to the position it's in now? I don't and think, I don't think so. No. Yeah. Well, I think Valandis has done a terrific oh, job. Mate. He's put his put his neck on the line for a fair chunk of this this pandemic, and he's also. Um, just moved heaven and earth just to try and make sure we got rugby league in 2020 and so far well it looks like we're about to have it which is highly commendable especially considering we're like we're actually leading the charge and something usually the nrl sort of just potters along we get shit done but not usually leading the charge especially when you look at other sports who have a lot more money like the afl and that sort of stuff just for us to be up and going next week and our footy back is Sweet, I can't wait. <laughs> and they're, they're carrying on the points, eh? Yeah, yeah they are. Points are carried on. The only argument with it now, now with these r- rule, changes, rule changes, that would have been enough argument for me to maybe have gone back to zero. But in saying that, blokes have made their debut in these first couple of weeks. Yeah, blokes bloke have got injured. Injured, suspended, Banged up, got match payments. You still had to, like, in the end of the day, you still had to go out and win play 80 minutes of football and, and win those points to start with. And so. with the real changes, let's just pretend someone that's listening doesn't know what oh, they are. Let's he's, just, Miles, this bloke is fucking terrible. I can't, I'm glad <laughs> we don't do video at Mitchie. It would be painful sitting there with Freddy and he goes, who's that guy? He's in our team, Christian. Who's that guy? <laughs> he's our fullback, Christian. Miles is like, I'm a massive Broncos fan, yep. but I'm like, I'll watch the Broncos that week. Every Friday, and they play it every Friday night, so you don't need yeah, the yeah. next three. Yeah, so I'd like, I'll watch, I, 
when when Fox Sports was on because you know, Fox I always used to watch the highlights and stuff. Yeah. But I'm just but that's why I think I like your era so yep. because I know all of the players from that game. Yeah. You know, I used to watch it religiously because you'd go to school and if you didn't know you'd get paid out. Like well, you yeah, didn't yeah. see that game, you didn't yeah. see that. <laughs> but now that I'm thirty as fuck, uh, you don't um I, I just I, I watch the Bronx and yep. probably cruise on the other games. But these guys are like encyclopedias, so yeah. that's why they're here. Yeah. And I'm just here because I've got the house and the computer. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got worse since I became a coach. Things, little things I delve into. Yeah, level on. level two coach. Level two coach. Yeah. Level two. You know that Miles. Level two coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I didn't yeah. know that. Level two coach. Like your resume, uh, coaching. Yeah. Um, head of football for the Uruguayan Rugby League too. Probably didn't know that one either. But <laughs> no, you know, I didn't know that, that one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, few things been happening in the pipeline. Yeah, I haven't seen you for a while. And then. And those things like, I don't know, like little things like that, but like folks like Molly and that know, like when you're in a system a bit and you've, and you're not taught at certain levels, like you boys have all played, you boys played some good levels of footy, like not turning your shoulders in, not getting caught out, always looking after your inside man and things like that. We've got to drum some of those things into boys into the boys and girls as they're getting older in their teens and they want to be playing footy. I don't think that you should be overloading people with information young, but if blokes want, if blokes and girls want to be, want to be a bit more serious about their footy and learn these sort of things, start, we've got to give them the tools to make themselves better. We've got to, you know, educate them. And the worst thing is a bad coach. Everyone means well, but if you've got a bloke who, you know, blaming the players for this and the players for that. You've got to take responsibility for yourself and you have to numb stuff down. I think that goes back to a bit of also what Freddie was saying, asking Dave about his time compared to this, mm. like the era you played in compared to the era we have now. Mm. And I think what you were saying there is like we're trying to give kids too much too early. I reckon. Like we got under 11 sides trying to run block shape yeah block shape to, like obviously you want them to have some form of offensive footy but trying to overload them with all this stuff and we can dumb it back down to making sure your your defense is right you're not you're not obviously turning your shoulders out you're getting your feet right you're heading always there. push up off the ball both like sides all, give options. all that sort of simple stuff all the effort areas that every kid can learn and can make the game so much better and then obviously you've got to bring in your offense in but who was the smartest coach you've ever had dave oh uh, well, I reckon, well, Neil Henry, but yeah. he, I only had him as an assistant coach. And you've got a different so, lifestyle as an assistant, like, and he was a Queensland assistant. He's not even a Queenslander. He's from Queanbeyan. You know yeah. what I mean? And yet he was helping Mal out in those early yeah. days. So with Neil Henry, did you find, as he being an assistant coach, did you find that um, he was more hands-on because head coach was like looking over the That's whole, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he played his role really well, I thought, yeah. uh, and helped me a lot. Uh, with the technical side. Again, taught me how to play a position that I'd never played before. So that was really... once you made the transition back into the front line, playing into the playing yeah, at yeah. six. So he sort of yep. watched over you that whole transition sort of period. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yep. so. And again, he knew my skill set and we just focused on it. But he, he was the best um, technical coach that I ever had. Um, I don't know how he... I think he struggled with being a head coach. Yeah. He has. Um, however, he was doing some good things with the Titans, but then I guess he would have learnt from the whole Jared Hayne thing. Mm. So, um, so with that, right, the Jared Hayne thing, yep. after the Titans, did you still continue to have something to do with the Titans as that being your last club? No. 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 Um, but 
because obviously we know Vox. Yeah. And, um, the, the, with, with that Jared Hayne thing coming back and he was like, it, it was the worst fucking thing that they could do. Yep. They had this, this culture that they built up yeah. and they, it wasn't about like what the result was going to be, but they knew it was the, the long, the long term. Mm. But then they, they're, they're signing people that it's like, oh, let's get, this, yeah. let's get that quick fix. Yeah. And Vox is like, it's the, it was the cancer in the fucking system. Yeah. I yeah. think that's, yeah. I think that's been the Gold Coast problem for a, a lot of their, like this period, obviously they, haven't had an overly great amount of success, but um, especially in the last few years where they've been um, they've been sort of cellar dwellers, I think they're still trying to do the same thing, throw money at blokes who are playing good footy this year and just throw money at them and bring them in and not worry about culture or, or looking at the future or you sign in blokes who you've already got that position filled. Like you bring Tyrone Peachy to the club because he was a um, New South Wales representative and then the next year he's with you, he's... He's playing center a bit. He's playing lock a bit. He's come off the bench, and bringing blokes like Shannon Boyd, who has one good season at the Raiders, just throwing big money at these sort of blokes. Who, and now you lose Joy Arrow yeah. because you haven't got enough money to yeah. you, go with them. You're trying expenses. to just work out simple deals, just swapping and changing, trying to get the best players in you can. But when having that bloke might not be the most beneficial for your club, it just might be like a like sort of a band aid fix for the time being. Who was the bloke you you enjoyed playing with the most? There's always someone that you like. As soon as you play, you roll up every week and you think, "How good's this?" Was <laughs> probably um, was a couple. I mean, when I was at the Warriors, Stacey Jones was pretty handy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know that, that 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 was pretty cool. Um, was that a good experience being over there? Oh, it was great. Yeah, I had a really good time. Good people, beautiful country. Just fucking rain too much, but you know. <laughs> It it was a great, great experience, and you know we had some success there when I was there. We made the final. Well, we beat the Broncos the first time ever when I was there. It was thirteen twelve, and Stacey kicked a field goal. Yeah, and Ben Iken did his ACL then, and that started the decline. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that was good. Then we made the finals the next year for the first time, <coughs> which was um, which was excellent. Again, the whole the whole country just got behind us. Yeah. Um, got on stage and got to sing. Slides of Heaven with Dave Dobbin when we came oh, home. That was pretty sweet. special, mate. <laughs> yeah, that is sweet. Um, yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, it was a good time. Good time. But um, you know, Cowboys wise, um, like Paul Ahihi, Kevin Campion, Paul Bowman, Paul Bowman. Like he's just an unsung hero. Yeah. You know, I did say love that bloke. He, he, you're still good mates now, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's probably the toughest player. Oh, him and Campo, the toughest players I've ever played with. Yeah. Um, they didn't say much, but when they said something, everyone shut up, and they just led led by example. Um, they didn't need to talk and rant and rave. They just did their jobs. And so having those guys in the side, and look, and to be honest, again, Matty Bowen and Matty Singh, like, and Ty Williams, like, we had a solid back line, you know, and they'd kick a ball down, and sometimes they would bring the ball about 40 metres, you know, or, or a whole length. How good's this? Yeah, you know, um, so it was it was a really good time to be up there as well. Yeah. On yeah. the flip side of the coin, what about the blokes you played against? Who was a bloke? If you were running out, and you'd think, "Fuck, I got to face this bloke this week." Like obviously, yeah. you said on your debut, like, Gordy got a hold of you. This guy this week. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, well, yeah. You said on your debut, Gordy got a hold of you, and that would have been yeah, fucking terrifying. Yeah, he, yeah, he was start, he was but. scary, mate. Like that same so that game. No, it was the second round, which I uh, had a blue with the pearl. I remember 
they were coming out. It was at ANZ Stadium, you know, that old home ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, it was third or fourth tackle. And I remember um, it was a slow play, the ball. And uh, I remember Talis, he was going to run. And I looked and there was probably like two, three metres beside me, either side. And I thought, oh, oh I'll post it here. <laughs> and uh, he's pointed at me and said, you're dead. Can't. And when he was getting the ball, I was like, oh, man. You know, and anyway, um, from the they played the ball, uh, dummy half knocked it on, and I, my chest went out. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. lucky there, Gordy. Oh, mate, I think, geez, I got dodged the ball there. Um, yeah, him, uh, oh, Ruben Wiki, yeah. Ruben Wiki, just oh, one night in Canberra, uh, it's cold as heck down there, and everything hurts more in the cold, right? And one night, I reckon he, he hit me probably, I don't know felt like a dozen times it's probably only a few but I, I remember i couldn't put a shirt on i couldn't train or run till the captain's run uh but there's nothing wrong with me the doctor reckons there's nothing bright it was just mate yeah it was just oh, just couldn't twist couldn't put a shirt on so yeah he he was tough um oh petro he's the only bloke i reckon i ever tackled that it hurt to tackle him you know like you know when you're defending you can yeah. try and whack somebody yeah. not that i ever really did but you try and um he actually hurt to tackle you know yeah. he i don't know he's just a rock um so yeah <laughs> all these big forwards mate you know <laughs> i tried to stay away from him. <laughs> that's what yeah it's like when people ask me they're like oh so who's harder like who's more um tough to play the aussies or the new zealanders and i'm like uh, the Papua New Guineans, motherfucker, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the worst. Yeah, it is just it's it's it's, it's not like you got you got <coughs> perfect technique with the Aussies yep. and the um, and the New Zealanders and stuff, and then but but the Papua New Guineans, they don't care. They're just it's just yeah. flat out, and it's, yeah. they're like something. And like I said, like some of the people that I I, I say tackle, I attempt to tackle, and yeah, it, it hurts. Yeah, it's well they just they have no fear, like and you know. If you, a lot of the time, there's that little bit of self-preservation, you know, when we play mm, footy, yeah, but they yeah. don't have it. You know, they just don't have it. It's, uh, it'd be good to see once they get, um, once they get. Obviously, they've come a long way already, and they've been they've been doing yeah. good things in the um in the international game. But once they obviously develop in the next stage, like sides like Tonga and Samoa and that sort of have, they'll um they'll go a long way once they get a, a bit more footy under their feet. Because obviously, as you're saying, they do have they've got no fear. They're fast. They're strong. They're all mm. built like brick shit houses. Like once they get that footy into them, they'll be they'll be damn near unstoppable. So when, yeah, when you were at Arana, Mozzie, did you know straight you knew that you're headed for first grade? Nah, no, no. Nah, nah. I remember I had a coach. I was probably um, fourteen or fifteen. Now it must have been fifteen. It must have been for under fourteens, and I remember all these guys making these rep teams, and I never made them. And I used to think, oh, I'm better than them. I thought I was better than them. <clears throat> and uh, I remember the coach, I said it to him once. And he said, mate, you know what your problem is? is, is um, you've got it all, but you need, to, um, you need to train better. And I sort of took it to, on board. But then I asked him, that, well, what do you mean? He said, well, when I say go around the cone, he said, Nat naturally you're better than anyone here, but you don't go around the cone. Well, when we do go to the line, you stop a metre short. And it really stuck with me And because uh, I was captain of that team and 
And uh, so anyway, I just made a decision that, right, I'm going to run through every line, go around every cone. You know, if we did 10, I might do 11. You know, I just made it. And that from that, I still remember, and I like I mentioned before, that I had to train more to stay in the sides. Well, I, I reckon I built that work ethic then, and it carried me through. Um, because the blokes who made the Queensland 12s and 13s, there was only two that stayed there by the time I got there in 17s, and that was a bloke called Darren Lockyer and the other was Ben Iken. Yeah. Two fairly handy players, right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah so, <laughs> um, so... And then when I made that first one in 17s, by the time um, from there to first grade, I think only five of us went on. Yeah. Uh, and again, those two were a couple of them. Yeah. Um, so, because what happened, the bigger faster kids which i was heading towards because always tall and pretty quick did you get you but i got did you get you high early yeah yeah okay, so i was doing things easier yeah. so you you ain't put the effort in but when i made that decision uh you found all the guys that were making those sides early on they didn't have that work ethic and the younger guys that were grinding you know eventually mm. they catch them right catch up. and then they're not as big anymore it doesn't matter if they're as big because these guys are as strong or as tough or condition wise and and they pass them you and come back to the field on. a bit too you see it even in juniors <clears> like even not even playing at a high level but like in younger grades like when i was coming through juniors there's always a few giant kids like i played were you grade. a giant back then don't i no, i was a fucking twig till i was about 16 <clears> eh? but there was a couple of giant kids like i played um all my juniors mostly at valleys or at norse playing premier grade and i was 30 kilos and under 11s, 12s and that. And there's kids there that are 110 kilo just running over everyone. But then by the time I played um, Nev Blair at Arana, you're versing the same kids, but they're all of a sudden not so big anymore. And mm. like, they're still playing decent footy, but all the little kids that have been getting run over all these years, yeah. they're, they're a bit more conditioned and a bit more used to getting getting bashed weekly to come out. And, and yeah, and that's a good thing about our game. Them. Like, you, you people say you got to be big and strong and... Tough, whatever, mate. Look at the best players in our game mm. for the last however long. I mean, Cameron Smith. Yeah, Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston. Mate, these blokes would be 80 to 90 yeah. kilos, you know. They're yeah. not big guys. Yeah. Um, but they've got attitude and they've got mm. heart and they've got they've just got that competitive nature in them, that, yeah. that fight about them. So <clears throat> it's one thing about our game I think that they could probably – promote better you know he's yeah. use our little men he's a small little player for south slogan now yep yep and um what i i mentioned to him as well is i had the kind, same kind of attitude where i was like oh, i'll just fucking bust my nuts off so because 10 minutes of game that 30 kilos that you got doesn't matter shit because <coughs> we're both in the same level because mm. i'm still going hard and you're blowing mm. and got that sort of like what that attitude he kind of came across with too yeah he was uh supposedly lighter than me i thought he was a fair bit stauncher but um he uh but that's what he said he goes no nah, i always wanted to be the fittest so i yeah. knew that like in that 30 minute like 10 minutes ago for half time i was still cranking cranking, cranking. Mm. well that's a great that's a great attitude to hear that he's got because yeah. i remember billy johnson he was our trainer at the cowboys and then i thought i got away from him and the fucking bastard followed us to the titans <laughs> mm-hmm. but um he had a saying and it and it was fatigue makes cowards of us all yeah and man he's 100 percent right like you mm-hmm. make your poor decisions when you were under fatigue yeah. you know and um he lived by that 
And, uh, you know, it was a f- certainly the fittest that I'd ever been in those days. Um, and no true, no truer <coughs> statement was ever spoken of. Like, you get there in the pre-season, you think you're going all right, and then you get into your first, second, third sessions of pre-season and you're thinking, fuck, where's mummy? <laughs> I don't want to do this shit anymore. That's what's going to test blokes out now. Everyone, yeah. majority of blokes, if you're getting paid to play sport, you're going to have trained a bit. But whether you're prepared... For after another three weeks to go and play and play at your best. Like, you listen to different podcasts, you hear blokes talking, and they ask someone who, at Manly, they said, oh, who looked the best when they come back? And he goes, I think it was uh, Young Croker said, uh, Tom Travojevic. I go, Tom Travojevic looked like he could play tomorrow. He looks fitter than when he left. You know, and things like that. Some blokes will maintain that. Where Cohen Hess, how how good a Nick does yeah. he look in Molesy? Yeah. Cohen Hess, oh, yeah. Well, he came yeah. back and did uh, he ran a PB. I think it was four minutes forty for his twelve hundred meters. Fucking so he's dead. moving. Yeah, yeah the one point so two. That's his big bloke. Um, but I think the Fuck. one thing that's probably not spoken about that is a bit of a concern with these guys coming back next week is um, contact work mm. because. Normally by now they will have ten weeks yeah. of contact. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I hope we don't see, you know, an influx of that. you know pecs and biceps. You know those impact injuries um, like that because they haven't been they haven't been conditioned for the last couple of months. That has been one of the major other. concerns with the whole NRL restart is like that sort of stuff. Injuries like yeah, um, simple injuries too, from just from like um, <laughs> lack of fitness stuff like that, blokes doing hamstrings or like just simple stuff like that that can be avoided with a good pre-season and good preparation mm. and mm. especially contact injury something that can be sort of not really nullified but limited to an extent <laughs> once you've once you've had all that pre-season mm. and your body's in tip-top shape and you're ready to go compared to you get you you get your four weeks and you mm. got it and half most of that four weeks the first week they weren't allowed to do contact at all mm. and you're still trying to get them fit enough to play NRL <laughs> footy. So there's going to be a fucking shitload of fitness in there. It's just oh, trying to, it. hard to find time to do that sort of contact stuff as you well. Yeah, they're going to they take that few weeks without match fitness as well. Mm. This yeah. is going to suit Melbourne to a T, this. The, their preparation. Everyone's saying, like, they were talking about Damien Cook. Oh, yeah, mm. like with these new rules. Nah, yeah. nah. You slow the ruck down. The last two prelims Souths have played in, Cook's been, he's been like Wesley Snipes, passenger 57, gone missing (laughs) because like the roosters slowed him down. You slow it down, he just jumps out. He doesn't know how to work over the ruck and that yet because you've got to think he was a bit of a late bloomer. Mm. So he's not Smith. He's not a Danny Badiris yet like with the skills around the ruck. He's lightning fast and he sets things up. And you slow him up. They don't have him like they were talking about this on the radio today. Yeah, I was you don't have Burgess, and he's an enormous loss. Their yeah. pack's not a not a beast mode pack as it is. Like where you've got like um, Melbourne with Bromwich and the likes up front. Nelson, yeah, big Nelson. Like, and you've got like at Manly, you've got Fanua Blake and and Tapao, yeah. things like that. You can roll on even like at the Broncos now with um, Lodge and that. If he's right to go. Like, those are, there's some big bodies rolling through. If they, it's a flip of the coin who wins what. And if they're rolling on and you're giving away and they're calling these six to go penalties, you could be defending for 
for 14 tackles before they score. Six goes in the rough. Yeah, similar yeah, so to like how they do in touch and yeah. um, so Oztag and that. So that's the, that's the, that's the rule change that's come in. So instead of for minor ruck infringements, it's not going to a penalty anymore. It's just going to go two or six to go. So they'll blow the penalty and call it up, but it's just they're going to And be, it'll have to be an extreme be case, set. like say Dane was laying in the ruck yeah. and you couldn't do something. Really if not, penalty. but they play still, advantage. Referee still um, holds the rights to um, for repeat ruck infringements to Simbin, Simbin players, so... That's still going to be like a, a similar sort of situation as we had last year, but just obviously without um, penalties for the ruck infringements where you, obviously a side's benefited 40 metres from it. But also, and it takes away the chance of a penalty goal for a lot of those ruck infringements down there in, oh, which, could also, oh, yeah. which could also bring the game back to a bit more of a... A bit more of a hiatus, yeah. and um, we're watching a penalty shootout for the first forty minutes of most games for for the last year and a half or so. Miles, before we get on to something else, was there a certain preseason that stands out for you? Like, mm. yeah, well, geez, there's a few, mate. Like, but again, I'll just go probably to Townsville. The heat, yeah, you know. Uh, I do remember. Um, see, Billy had a rule too. Unless it was over, there's no air conditioning in the gym. And all the windows were shut unless it was over 35 degrees. And it didn't often get over 35 in Townsville, but just that humidity. Uh, and because we train at 6 in the morning or whatever, 7, and it was just horribly, horribly hot. And um, the first session, we did this weight session. Uh, it was the first session of every preseason. And out of the 25 blokes, you'd get 7 or 8 would spew uh, during the weight session. And you're in groups. And the thing was... If, if three of us are in the one group and you're spewing, that means we're not doing our thing because you haven't done yours. Penalty. So everyone, you got to jump on the rower, do a 300 in a minute, oh, get back into it. And then you've got four other groups going. And when they're ready to come, if you're dragging that penalty. So there can be times that you can do five or six, and for 300. Boys, 300 in a minute, oh, he's going, man. And, and the weights were all supersets. You know, there was no do six or eight and then chat for five minutes, you know, and then do another one. It was just bang, bang, bang all the time. And oh, I remember a time we had a session. It's It worked, built up to this. It was 20 minutes on the rower, 20 minutes on the bike, and 20 minutes running. And the rower, <clears throat> um, I can't remember what we had to do, but it, it was a solid pace. The run run was 13 k's an hour for 20 minutes, and um, the bike was level whatever over 100 you know so it was it was a tough session and i remember campo and i were running it was the last 20 minutes of it and um he stopped talking because we used to talk to each other to get each other through it just about anything about just to try and get your mind somewhere else because if you didn't do it you didn't get a day off you had to do an 80k ride bike ride so that, that was your day off on a sunday unreal so oh, fuck. It was, you, you worked with each other and, and he stopped talking. I looked over him and said, mate, you all right? And he, he was just glazed over and he went really pale. And then next thing, bang, he just fell, boom, flung out the back of the, um, <laughs> off the back of the treadmill and knocked two blokes off the rower beside him. Mate, Johnson come over and uh, uh, Campo was sort of, oh, uh, anyway, took him outside. Anyway, he made, it, everyone else kept going, but he's, the three of them had to go and do extras. So the two blokes who we knocked off the uh, off the rower had to do the 80Ks the next day as well. Oh, <laughs> so 
Yeah, that that was that was a rough free season. But in, in saying that, that was the first year we made the finals. So you, you know. get out what you put in, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, so Cowboys is your side, basically. That's it is, your side mate. because yeah. you you know heart and souls there. Yeah. How do you see them this year? To me, mm. they've just my personal thoughts. Morgan Morgan hasn't done nothing for a couple of years. Like they need him coming good. Um. What else? I've got a few young blokes. Hess coming back to their origin form that he looks like he's preparing to. Mm. There gives you a strike weapon because when they won it that year, even though you have, you got Thurston, but Hess bagged like he was eight, scoring to, tries. eight or ten tries. He was coming off the bench scoring tries like that. You know, like yep. they need Granville back in a bit of form and he's looked sharper the first two. But they've got a few, they've got a problem in the halves there. Like I don't know if Drinkwater's a, a, a five eight. He's like electric on his feet. He's more of a fullback to me, but you've got... you got Val there. Yeah, you've got Val. I'd be playing Jack Clifford. I think Jack Clifford's a gun, but then well, again, you you got to... I think you have to find a spot for drink water considering... It's they'll be in the halves. Well, because Morgan's just Morgan's got a shoulder, yeah, shoulder surgery. With Val too, do you agree with persistent with him? Because I've seen improvements in his ball playing and that the last few weeks. He's a power runner too, and he yep. will make meters for you. Val's your X factor. He busts it up. You, yep. It'd be way, if you if you paid that much money to put him on the wing. Yeah. You got rocks in your head, and Paul Green might as well sign his resignation papers yeah. because they'd you know you'd be getting crucified at every opportunity. Hmm. Well, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. I was about to say back. Say back to the question. What do you yeah, reckon what, about the, what do you the think cows with this their year? Attack, with their attack. Attack, What's yeah. wrong with their attack? Like it's like at Mitchy, one of our problems is we get into good ball and Freddy throws the fucking ball at cunt's knees, like and then blames them for not running the right line. So you know, how do you see this? But what yeah. do you think about the NFL side? Because we're open once. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dual World Cup international, You're getting paper bag money for playing there. <laughs> yeah, look, I think um, our attack has been flat the last couple of years. That's for sure. I think we're predictable. Um, I don't know if we had quite evolved to where we needed to after having well, that good run. Yep. Um, so a little bit off the mark there, and I think a couple of guys haven't kicked on what they thought would kick on. Yeah. Like Hesse has had a couple of quiet years since, um, and a few other blokes. And then, you know, obviously we had an aging pack too, and don't underestimate losing Matty Scott's a huge thing. Yeah, and like huge um, um, Jordan McLean's had some bad injuries that's which right, slowed yeah. him and he's a very good front yeah, rower definitely I think uh, I like um, Robson I think oh the young hooker yep I, I would think that you'll find I don't know three, four, five games he's probably going to be the nine and Ga- you think Granville will be the off the bench rotation yep, yeah, yep, yeah. I, I think um, but yeah yeah, you know, that'd be what you'd probably be thinking because you know you got to transition. Jakey, he's done a great job. Yeah, um, but, but you know he's he's getting old as we all do. So and um, so what's Grant, Granville's been thirty two this year? Is he or thirty? Oh, he'd be, yeah, he'd be something like that. Yeah, yeah so he's played quite a lot of NRL since he's gone up there. Yeah, yeah, no, he's been great for us. He really good. Dude. He's just his running game's probably not what it used to be. No, and do you reckon with Granville the only reason he didn't go to that like that? Extra level was game management. Do you find like because you? I, I found him electric because yeah. remember at Winnie Mills fullback and yeah. he was carving us apart. Yeah, yeah, and then he gets into hooker. Yeah, and then same thing. You know, it was like fucking um, uh, what's
that we're just talking about the sand sprinter. Oh, Damien Cook. Cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They used him in a similar role to what they used to do yeah, with Matt like, Gidley. You reckon Granville just lacked that tiny bit of like structurally guiding the team around? Yeah, or? maybe. I think he also probably. Um, now they changed the way. I think he lost a bit of confidence along the way for some reason. I don't know why. Um, he, he just stopped running. You know, that's his mm. game. Yeah, um, definitely. And he and just stopped it. I think it makes it easier for him too. Well, it would have made it easier, obviously, <clears throat> when he had Thurston in the side and obviously Morgan playing. Good and those footy. dominant, yeah. those yeah. dominant front rowers creating the fast yeah. play of the ball. So he wouldn't yeah. have had to. He obviously wouldn't need to think too much about the game management side or planning, planning footy. He just. Get the ball, good, good service to his halves, and then keep your eyes up and run when it's on. So yeah, maybe no. maybe with those sort of blokes out, and with blokes like Matt Scott and Scott Bolton and all those sort of fellas sort of yeah. coming towards the back end of their career or retiring, then you wouldn't get that much quick play the ball. And They've got that young centre that Isan Masters, yeah. who's a good player, yeah. and he 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 probably needs to get a bit more ball, like give him some one on ones and that, just to try and because he's got some strike ability. Mm. It's just, they looked a lot better against the Bulldogs in the second game. It's a lottery now what we're going to see in three weeks. I've mm. got no idea. I'd hate to be in a tipping comp for yeah, round yeah. three because it's absolutely yeah, it's ludicrous. Lo- I, who knows? And if you're, especially if you like to punt. I don't do that sort of stuff, mate. That's a waste of time. I've got enough football in my life without worrying about Dungeons and Dragons football. <laughs> like, you know, like... Yeah, no. But answering your question, right? I think that they we have more strike power now. <clears throat> I yep. think drink water. Getting a, he he's a footballer. Like, what does that mean? He he will. He's got a shit error in him, but he goes, "Give me the ball again." Yeah, you know, he yeah. give back to me. You know, he, he he's so which I like, and he has a crack. So, but he doesn't drop his bundle. <clears throat> He'll keep going. Uh, and he's he's fast. He defends that. You know, see how he goes defense wise. But with the footy in hand, and then Val, Val's a quality player, definitely. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah. And Masters, he can break a line. Yeah, and we haven't well. we haven't had that center punch for a while now. Um, I don't think. And you know, he felt solid on the wing and good in the air. So yeah, I hope Jakey. He's got a chance, Clifford, this next few weeks. While um, yeah, to prove you should be there. there. More goes out, so I think um, he's got a good opportunity there. And well, if not, I um, if not, someone's going to snatch him up. Surely, he's, I think he's too good to be playing reserve grade. Um, and if you're if you were a struggling side, like if you're a side looking for a half, obviously the Bulldogs have got a couple of young halves, but they've also got Kieran Foran there, who's very injury prone. A side like that would just, I reckon, they'd have to rub whatever two cents they got together and try and get a bloke like Clifford to the club. He's a bloke you can work around, like obviously isn't tried and tested yet, but he's a bloke that everyone can see, obviously, the talent and the potential. Give him a side and just give him the keys. Obviously, it's not going to hurt. The Bulldogs are second from the bottom. Like, could only yeah, do Don't it. give him away. Yeah, we'll keep him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. If the cows don't use him, he's got to be used somewhere. It's yeah, a thing a with player. a side, like you say, about a side like the Bulldogs. They apparently got a bit of spare cash, mm. but they've committed money from probably past managements to blokes and you're stuck. So if you let some bloke go and you're still paying half his salary, it's still, that's half of that's coming off your cap. You know what mm. I mean? Like those sort of things. Like where with the dogs, they're that tough culture. Like we talk about cultures and you go there and they want to play their tough footy and they got Dean Pay there. 
you want to be winning. You know what I mean? And like against the Cows and their first two games, they looked in all sorts. Like they had, like mm. with young Lewis and that Wakeman, the young a Fijian half, yeah. they just didn't look up to it and, and steering, a, steering a side around the park, mm. which it's not an easy thing and it takes time to learn this. But you're throwing these young halves in who have played under 20 games yeah. between them and they've got a, they've got Napa and that up front. You've got you've got some go forward and you've got some good back rowers and stuff like in Jackson and Adam Elliott and mm. stuff. It's just getting the ball to the right blokes at the right time. So smart smart halves do that. Like, yeah, don't you find um, also these days with say Val going to fullback? Right? Yep. As soon as a player does something like that, for me, I just consider them a rugby league player. I don't positionalise them. Yep. And because there's everyone's so quick to go. Oh yeah, but he's not doing that good at fullback. Yeah, but remember him on the fucking wing; he was awesome. Mm. And then obviously, the fullback that they have lined up isn't doing like they don't have anything in line. They got to transfer into that. Mm. But the, the like the supporters and stuff put it on like Val. Mm. Whereas like he's got to learn that position. But like back in the day, we gave Lockyer all the time in the world to learn how to play five eight. Yeah, yeah. Like now it's just too. There's so much more cutthroat. Mm. Like, do you think that like it should come? As it's the player saying, oh, let me be a fullback, or it's on the coach more to be, you know, yeah. those decisions? That's a good question because at the end of the day, it's a coach's job, right? Um, it's on the line, win or lose. <coughs> um, look, I th- it's probably got to be a balance, I suppose. I mean, it's got to be what's best for the team because once you let individuals, no one's bigger than the team. If you start letting individuals tell you what they want, you start losing focus, I think, and start losing that what, about the team. That's what, what, what's Wayne Bennett saying? <laughs> if you mean. listen to the fans too much, you'll end up sitting next to them soon. Oh, there I, you go. Yeah. I just think too. <laughs> Fair call. <laughs> I think too, like, as you were saying, you, you can't be bigger than the team and you've got to be willing to buy in and do what's best for the team. So I think blokes signing contracts with stipulations saying, I'm coming here to play fullback or I'm, or I'm going here to play this. And then you get yeah. there. It's like take Latrell, for instance. If, if Wayne Bennett does... Um, get an get an offer for a couple of years somewhere else, and does decide to leave, and Demetrio takes over next year. He's left in a position where he's now the head coach, and he thinks Latrell's a better centre. But then he's got head office saying we signed this bloke on a million, on a eight hundred or whatever too, to play fullback. fullback. He wants mm. to play fullback. Fullbacks get a lot more money than centres, like a couple of hundred grand a year more if you've got a good manager. So like, mm. you get a guy like if you get a bloke in there and he's kicking stones and that. Yeah. Everyone says they'll do what's best for the team, but not everybody will. They'll wear the jersey, but will they have the impact? Yeah, well, it, it's an attitude, right? A personal attitude because you look at a young bloke who comes into a side and coach say, so you're going to play first grade this week. And mate, he, he could tell him he's playing front row. I'm in, right? So they're 100% I'm in. So it's that attitude and somewhere along the line they think they start getting a bit too big. <clears throat> mm. And uh, no, I'll only play left center. Like, you know, we don't need a left center. Yeah. Yeah. Now you want to play first grade, we need a right center, yeah. or we need a winger. And I think you'd be good at it. You know, yeah. so yeah. I don't think that. I think yeah, it's got to be whatever's whatever's best for the team, and it's got to come from strong leadership. And that's coach. And but it starts from the top. You look at all our best clubs who have been our best clubs across you know five, ten years. Look who they got at the top, and I'm not just the head coach, but the chairman. You know the quality of that person. Mm. 
um, <clears throat> and their leadership and their board and then the coaching staff, you know, and it just feeds down. I think that, and that's the problem with, or had been a problem with our game, I think. <clears throat> and um, also the clubs that struggle. Let's look at the clubs that struggle, like the Titans. Man, you know, like the, I just think that that leadership there, their owners, you know, it's nothing. Nothing's changed, so nothing will change. You know, it, you can't expect them to be any better because mm. nothing's changing. Uh, other teams that are on the bottom, they're just a schmozzle. You know, the Tigers, like, you know, they're just a basket case. They got they got no leadership. Um, so the Tigers have had ample opportunity <coughs> too to build some sort of leadership and get some sort of a. A, um, like obviously you got a good supporters base but like you got a good coach now and you've got like you you've had that many superstar players come through your system and then go walk about because you, you couldn't um you couldn't seem to tie them down like you're letting blokes like marty to go when he's just getting to the peak of his powers bloke like tedesco who was playing great footy let him walk out the door at a car this, the list goes on. You could you could name a side of ex Tigers players that are that and, are now and you've got Josh Ren- you've got or- Josh Reynolds who's floating in out of reserve grade getting about six hundred grand. Mm. We're at Tigers. Yeah. yeah. Is he off contract? No, he's still got another year. So if he plays reserves, and there yeah. was talk about trying to, st- I he, like him at hooker. Right? Well, they they just got Harry Green over there, so I don't they think want, there's much opportunity. They wanted to um he wanted to go back to the Dogs, but. The dogs are going to have to pick up a certain percentage of the deal, and yeah. they won't come to that because you're getting paid too much. So you'll just stick around and play. We can't even play New South Wales Cup with that not being active this year. You're just going to stand around and train until they need you. Well, even next year, you got to go back to what Wentworthville and just stick around and do, yeah. and well, do with nothing. With the whole, um, with just with Tigers, with the whole Farrah-like JT thing, <coughs> what, how do you see it? Like being in the system, like is it like you got to... The, because he obviously had a lot of control over his players, like Farah as being like one of the players, but also the, the coach has to, and that's is that why they would have butted heads or? Oh yeah, I was just yeah. Well, look, yeah, I try to answer this. Um, look at the uh, look at New South Wales Origin when we were dominating them, and look at their team. <clears throat> you had um, Paul Gallon. Um, Robbie Farah, Jared Hayne, Andrew Fafita. Now, they're great footballers, don't get me wrong. They're bloody excellent footballers. But as far as human beings, not very good, right? Yeah. You know, and, um, and, I, and I think and if you look at our, our side, uh, our Queensland side, you have Jonathan Thurston, uh, Billy Slater, um, you know, Cameron Smith, all those blokes like, you know, yeah, the New South Wales blokes would all hate them, but you know they're all good humans, and um, they again put each other first and not themselves first. And I think New South Wales made a thing of picking individuals in their sides, as we pick team players. We we have had mm. players that have played, and I will get back to how this works with Farrah, but in our Queensland team, who would never have played for New South Wales. Mm. So you look, uh, Paul Bowman would have never played for New South Wales. Kevin Campion would have never played for New Dallas Johnson. Yeah. Um, Jacob Lilliman. <coughs> mate, Jake. On the flip side, I reckon Marsh would have been one of Queensland's... First picked. 100%. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So they picked, we picked a certain type of player, they picked a certain type of player. And um, and that's what I think, yeah, Farah, 
in my opinion, sort of it got bigger. Robbie Farrow became bigger than what he should have been. Yeah. And, you know, that's an outsider's thing. And, and just from playing against him, yeah. uh, I don't really know him. But um, that's just, just what I saw anyway. And and then, but then, okay, you can't just blame him. Look at his coach. Um, he had got punched in the mouth by one of his players at a Mad Monday when he was coaching South. So obviously he's, he's probably not doing something right either. Because mm. <laughs> so I haven't heard anyone do that to Bennett or or any other coach before. Uh, maybe righty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did. I did offer to fight half the yeah, team last one year. Yeah, because they were. They took oh, they, took righty's trophy, put it on yeah, the roof. Yeah, they <laughs> fucking. <laughs> 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 and then. Then made Danny Lane cry because I called him a weak dog who fucking <laughs> is a cancer to the culture or something like that. Yeah. You're being a fuckwit at the moment, righty. You got pretty serious pretty yeah. quick. It was fucking. Yeah, we better. better. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, Grayson Perry, right? Oh, yeah, I just saw his name. I'm not sure who he is. Okay, what was the cultural difference between Warriors and Cowboys? And how different were the teams perceived by other teams and like the community in general as both were pretty new and when played for them, one-town teams? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, if we start with the Warriors, I think the Warriors, cultural-wise, um, it was a lot different because there was a football culture and then there was a culture culture. You know, there was the, the Polynesian and the Maoris and, and whatnot. So that was a third element into the team, which played a big part of it. Um, <clears throat> they grew up grow up different to what we had grown up as, as in when I say we, um, here in Australia. Um, so there was a lot of the way that the coaches spoke to the players had to be different to how they spoke to us um, by giving certain blokes... A spray at half time um some of them would go the other way they'd go in their shells um as opposed to a lot of the aussie guys would take it on the chin because that was what we're used to uh, i'm not saying all the kiwis are like that but there was certain so there was it was a lot more of a balancing act um some guys drank beer other blokes didn't you know at all and okay it's so you're trying to balance and not but a lot of the, and look I am old school, but I think there's there's a lot of um, credibility in just having a lock in and everyone getting on the piss together, 100%. you know, and <clears throat> keep the phones outside, whatever, but just getting in there and just getting amongst it with your teammates um, and and just having a good time. But you couldn't do that with that in that culture either, because some guys saw that as that's the wrong thing to do because they are. Some of them are very religious. Yeah. We're pretty good or, at that at West Mitchy. Fuck me dead. <laughs> we win in premierships. That's all it took. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they have strong beliefs against it or, or have had bad experiences with it yeah. as well. So that was a big difference um, in that regard. From the one t- team town, obviously we were second to rugby big time. Mm. However, geez, they were passionate, the, the leagueies, like pro- really, really passionate leagueies. Um, and, uh, very just love their team, love their team. Um, so that, that was, that was a great side of things, uh, how team, and then I guess how, when I played there, probably going there, I had the perception of, 
if you held held them for 10 or 15 minutes, they'd fold in the later half, like back ends of each half. So I had that perception going there. And I guess it happened as well, you know, and it's like one of those things if happens, look, at, again, I'll pick on New South Wales, but how many times did Queensland beat him in the last five minutes of an origin? Because they knew we have done it before and what well, we were coming, yeah. you know. So that that was that. I mean, Townsville, um, it, we were really lucky, and uh, in regards to it was it was it was pre phones, <laughs> um, and uh, we were out of Sydney, you know. So we had some bloody great times and really good people. Still, a country town, you know. Um, people looked after each other, you know. That like, you know, if, if somebody. Yeah, you know, had a few too many. Well, the club might get a call, and someone would grab him and take him home and sort it out. Not the police yeah. and then the media, media and, and everyone was quite insular. It was a lot of us versus them, you know, um, which was great. Uh, the people, the fans, again, fanatic. You had people drive from Mount Isa, oh, that's yeah. phenomenal, and that's why they have to play the games on the Saturday, yeah. predominantly, is to give people time to travel to the game and travel home. So that. That's a huge thing. It means so much to them. Um, uh, but again, up there, you know, I, we probably had, we probably, mate, if you're honest, probably partied too much <laughs> back when I was playing. But geez, we had a good time. Like, we have, we tell, when we catch up for the old boys and we, we mix with the, the current group, which Greeny's really good at and very supportive of. They need to know what you, you what like we Greeny did before that. Yeah, look, he's, he's done a great job, yeah. you know. Um, and... He's, he's focusing on improving. You have to. You've got to evolve or you die, especially in the, at that level. So he's doing a lot of work away from the club yeah. on on certain aspects of himself, which is awesome. Um, so telling the young blokes these yarns, mate, their chins are on the floor. You know, they mm. just can't believe it. They're, they're, just, they're just different. You know, like example of this would be 2017. 20, 2017, they make the grand final, right? unexpectedly given granted they go back so there's no there's no footy trip sorted because you've made a grand final yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's too hard we'll sort something out after so thinking well if you win well the chairman takes care of it and you you go to vegas like they did in 2015 right <laughs> but um but they lost yeah. so yeah, dogs. <laughs> so they uh so this time they lose they go back, you have Jonathan Thurston, Maddie Scott, Gavin Cooper. Ah, that's all I can think of it off the top of my head. Going, all right, boys, where's our trip away? Um, all young, oh, no, I've got to do this, or no, no. So, like, when you were playing, trip away was <laughs> that Mad Monday. was most exciting. To, you have to do it. That's yeah. right. Oh, I've got to organise this, or I'm going away, I'm going home. Like, so totally different. Like we drop our drawers, go, what the fuck? You fair income. You guys have been together for eleven months. You made the grand final, and you're not going to go away for a week yeah. together, That's and it. just let loose. So it's just changed. You know, it's just changed culture. Yeah, you wouldn't hear about when, that stuff happening back yeah. in the day. No, nah, when I was at Cowboys, win, lose or draw, Mother said, "Yeah, we all when we played away, um, we all we stayed at um, Coogee there." You came downstairs unless you 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 busted. Doc said you couldn't, and you had a <laughs> that beer. That would have taken a lot. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Armed, like, <laughs> yeah, you you came down, you had a beer. If you yeah. didn't want to be, you didn't have to have a beer. But we we're all together, and um, after yeah. you won or you lost, you know, and um, you stayed for an hour, and then you went or or you kicked on or, or did whatever. Yeah. So th- those, that's a long answer. Sorry, buddy, for that one. But um, that's probably the cultural differences between those two yeah. sides. Who out of the current crop of cowboys? Who's the most impressive out of them young blokes you've met when you've had these old boys days and that over the last few years? Oh, well, you know who really surprised me when I first met him was Tal Malolo. Like, um, actually, I didn't know how old JT was. What's he, 25-ish? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it'd be a few years ago now, and I remember he came up to me and shook my hand after a game that they'd won. I'd never met him, and he he, uh, thanked me for what I'd done for the club for the club how good's that and I just went oh, it gives me goosebumps now yeah, thinking yeah. about it you know and I thought what a great thing for a young bloke to say and then that was when it sort of I noticed more that that well Greenies instilled that culture yeah. you know our photos are still on the wall yeah. you know the first time we beat your boys in yeah. 2004 that photo is still there yeah. that try that I scored is still there yeah. you know and so that's that was the turning point for our club to to sort of go forward. So it's ingrained in them. <coughs> um, so, mm. yeah, that that really surprised me, Righty, nicely. Not and um, you know, and, and the other guys. And there's a couple of the other boys said the similar things, but he was the first one to say it, and it really meant a lot. And that's very an old school culture thing, you know, like. <laughs> respecting the men that have come before you and given so much to the place and have bled so to lay the yeah. platform for success in the f- yeah. in the future years, which is, yeah, that's awesome. Like, and it doesn't surprise me that with Paul Green because he's had plenty of success everywhere he went. Like at Wynnum, then he was the assistant coach to Trent Robinson at the um at the Roosters. You were actually coached by Trent Robinson at Toulouse in I France, was. eh? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was, he was only a rookie then. What were your thoughts of him then? Could you, you know, see the qualities that he displays now, like as a well, man? Yeah, well, he was um, <clears throat> he was probably the smartest person I've met. Eh? He's phenomenally bright. He's an intellectual. He's got... He's constantly reading and improving himself. And um, he was a real student of the game too, righty. Yeah. I think he... Like, he... he he picked my brain as much as he could have got out of it and took some things and then disregarded others and uh, just made it his own and his own way. And he um, he knew when to give a spray and then he knew when to give a cuddle, you know. And I think that's the biggest part for these coaches is man management. Yeah, that's the hardest <laughs> part. It is. You'll always find a, a, a Neil Henry or a, or a, a stats man or, or whatever to do that that role but as you in the day you got to get the best out of the players um and he he was really good at that people we respected him um and uh that was at a, as a as i think that was his first year too i think yeah and then he got the catalan's job not long after that yeah. did you do yeah. Toulouse for a year yeah yeah, yeah it's good man yeah well i was going to retire when i left the cowboys well yeah. i thought i'll go overseas and then um Mate, footy got in the way of a good holiday over there. Yeah. <laughs> it was unreal. Robbo was great. Like, <laughs> you'd play Saturday and you'd go see you Tuesday. Yeah. Sweet. You know, and you could just, everything's so close, right? Yeah, and then, um, 
then, uh, yeah, then I was going to dead set finish, and then the Titans surly called me up and said, "Do you want to go one more year and yeah. be and token old bloke?" And I said, "How was <coughs> you got to play a lot at the Tweed and you just won yeah. it? How you must have grown pretty tight with some of those boys towards the end because yeah. you've come on a roll and you weren't one of the you weren't like rated one of the top sides and you just kept rolling on. Yeah, and, we had a good we had, we had just a good team, you know, yeah. and just a good bunch of blokes." Um, well, they Matt, worked hard and, and then they come and trained hard and it was just it was a well, really good environment. It was great being underdogs, mate, I think. Will Matthews was eighteen yeah, yeah, second yeah. row and playing yeah. playing the house down. You yeah. had some absolute work. what um uh the front rower, Bull, Roy Friend, who'd been there yeah, for years. He's awesome friendy. Brad um, Brad Davis just ran the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had a good good side and um yeah, it was good to go out on a, a win, win the Queensland yeah. Cup because I won one with um, Young Guns. Oh, what a side! That was great. Yeah. And then, uh, just recap: who you had then? You had you and Gav Cooper. Yeah. You had Matt Scott. You yeah. had Jamin Lowe. <laughs> yeah. You had Lee McWilliams, uh, who'd played plenty yeah. of NRL. Yeah. Um, um, Danny Strickland. Uh, yeah, Strick, <laughs> Strickland <laughs> yeah, in the second right. row, who played who played his fair share of NRL. Yeah. Um, who else did yeah, you? Um, Muspratt. Muspratt yeah, got Mussy. Mussy yeah. got he got me into the match at five eight. Yeah. He's had like a kick ass side. Like yeah. mate, I remember going into that, we were beating first grade in um opposed sessions. I, f- I fucking swear to God, as oh, yeah. reserve grade, we were beating them in opposed <laughs> sessions and they were dropping their bundle and we were <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, Miles, are you an NFL fan at all? A little bit, a little bit more now because um, we had uh, we got a punters club from um, the Cowboys, okay. and uh, there's nine of us. Is uh, one and is we just, I just got a, is one of them the <coughs> LA Mongrels coach? Who's yes, coming? No, no. He's uh, yeah, he wants to do a bit of a link and come on the show soon. He yes, contacted sorry. me, heard me talk on another podcast, and gave me raving reviews <coughs> from the producer actor himself. I got a, just a couple of questions from Nate Gladden. I don't know if you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I remember Nate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ledge. <laughs> and the first one was I think we've kind of touched on it, but I'm hearing Cohen has. He's coming back built like an absolute savage. Thoughts yeah. on how the North Queensland Cowboys <clears throat> do in the shortened season? Yeah, yeah. Look, him and others. There's been probably half a dozen PBs, which is great. So blokes having whatever they've had off or five weeks have yeah. come back better. Um, so, you know, as far as how how we're going to go, you know, we're we're positioned as well as we could be, you know. And I think I I believe that we're we're a we're a final side for sure. I think we can push it, maybe a six, you know, yep. five six. I don't know if we're quite a top four side. We need a lot, fair bit of luck with injuries and just get find, a roll on. But finding the right balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, we're definitely an eight side. Like the last two years have been really disappointing. We've underperformed. Def, def underdelivered. But so I think we've got some strike power now where we didn't have. Uh, so I think I think we'll we'll have a better year. Yeah, a few really good signings too. Picking up blokes like Masters, obviously Val's the the, the main man, yeah. the, the the big marquee signing. But just blokes like Isan Masters and uh, Reese Robson just to stiffen up the bench a bit and add a bit more football. Yeah. When um if 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 times are looking a bit down, you just throw Robson on there he's got a lot of footy in him and um, he's also a great defender so yeah. someone like that can only strengthen the bench and then Nate continues with that question he goes if he could if 
you could have played uh, rugby league alongside any NFL player who would it be? That's if you've got oh, enough education. Yeah, I haven't got that much, mate. So, um, what about Nate? Oh, no, Kelly McGill. There you go. Oh, Big yeah, Kel. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, on Oxycontin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bergs, uh, Bergs goes, uh, has Miles ever had a nightmare where he's woken up and seen Adam Wright wearing this? A suit made of his own skin. <laughs> <laughs> He's one messed up bloke, that boy. Uh, oh, that was good. <laughs> good chat, Bergs. Fuck, that is some good chat. <laughs> and then uh, Laney's, I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. Yeah. Oh, oh that's it, yeah. Good. We got another one, David Ellis, uh, Ken Molsey, strap on the boots for Mitchie. Fuck. <laughs> 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 I missed out in 08 playing alongside him and loved op- an opportunity to get to play alongside him, someone uh, with plenty of experience for the game. Uh, oh wait, we played a few games over at Balimba. Oh, Balimba Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. was there, but he yeah, didn't yeah. get to play. He didn't get to play much. No, nah, no, nah, no, like yeah, poor guy was training all the he's time. A lovely yeah. fella. Yeah. yeah, he did some training today. He's put on some beef. He was, <laughs> oh, he's, he's a few guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh. when we we're doing a bit of exercise today, he was the only guy that spewed. <laughs> and it early, wasn't early days, it was, DJ, bro. Early it wasn't days. a spewing sort of a session either, <laughs> but but he made the he you know showed commitment coming and putting it in. <laughs> Stanton. Jason Stanton. Stanton. Stanty. Jason, I, I call him. But would, would like to know what you think, mate, of the way the game is heading to um, now to the way it was heading when you were playing. Oh, How it's changed. Something else we've sort of similarly yeah. touched on, but. Yeah. Carney, yeah. Carney might have been there somewhere, Adam Khan. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's asked a question or two, Carney. Yeah. Is he? said he played with you at junior footy at the yeah. Hills. Um, one of the best defenders I've played with and we had the best back line in the comp by far. There's no question there, it's just comment. He, um, <laughs> he did say, mate, he could play. Adam Carney lives around the corner here. Yeah. He seriously could play. He played, uh, played uh, what did he play, Broncos 19s. He played a fair bit of cup a few years later at West, but Adam Khan could play. He just asked about, and this other thing he commented on, he said, who, who was the best player coming through? Like, when you were young, like, who like? Oh, I well, I re- uh, Phil Lee. You remember him, Phil Lee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. played hooker, a bit of utility. Yeah, yeah for the Broncos, he was a beast. Mate, oh, he was unreal. Yeah. Oh, he played for Sunnybank too. I'm pretty sure. Like was Smithy it? and uh, uh, Thursday. So he, yeah, yeah, hooker. Yeah, he, he was, he was um, hooker. Yeah. Mate, he's good football. He just kept breaking. Kept yeah, he's a knees. he's um he's um, a carpenter. There was a there was a story him. about him when he was with fifteen miles that he played come off the bench for Sunnybank opens in a grand final yeah. and scored a game winning try. Yeah, yeah, no, he was uh he's a great footballer. He was probably one of the best and you know, and um Kari. Um Oh yeah, Cameron Carr. Cameron Carr. He yeah, Norm, Normie Carr's son. Yeah, yeah. He, he had good. that car accident. And, um, you also and played um, against Elton Flatley. Yep. Yep. Um, what was that? Well, that was when Flatley was still at high school, like um, like at Nudgee, and when their rugby season used to finish, they'd go and play against <laughs> you boys for Sunnybank, something like that. A few of them. Yeah, yeah. He was a quality player, mate. There's a few, few back then, but there's a lot that were good, but just never. Well, who do you, who's the one bloke, like my mate asks questions like this all the time, who, is there a bloke you played with or against who who you think should have played NRL or played more NRL than what he did, what he actually did? Is there a bloke you think he could have made it if he had a, you know, if 
Mate, like maybe like made wrong choices or wasn't committed enough or just didn't have the luck because there were better blokes in front of him. Um, oh, look, there's none sort of come to mind right now, but I'm sure there are. Um, it, but that's just a classic, isn't it? I mean, there's guys that I remember being. Um, <clears throat> it would have been I was at the Crushers and they had. Um, um, we lost the game to East. It was under 19s, and we were all getting paid at yep. that stage. And most were playing for Queensland. We lost the semi final. We got taken in, and um, the head um, recruiter at the time got us in a room, and they're all 20, 20, 25 of us, and said, There's three of you blokes here that will go on and play first grade. The rest of you might as well fuck off. And. Um, did he name names? He did name names. He and named, and let me guess, two of them, two of them who did were you and Tukey. <clears throat> no, he didn't name me. He didn't he, name Tukes. Yeah, and he named, and they uh, did. Yeah, he named uh, uh, Kerry Thurkoff. No, Kerry Carmichael. Did he play any? Yeah, he played a few games. Oh, for the Crushers, uh, Nathan Antnick. He played a few games. I can't remember the third. They one were, yeah at the Crushers, and then they were back playing Cup after the Crushers folded. Where blokes like himself and Tukes and that went on to other uh, NRL clubs at the yeah, time. But then there was a few of us that went on to play over 100 games. Mm. So, Is you it, know, judging people when they're 17, mm. 18, 19, it's just yeah. it's dangerous. Well yeah, like yeah. what, 120 something? Well, 119. Something like so, that. Well, that was the thing. Like, it's, I always find it funny that they don't claim you more as a local junior. Like your high school down the road, fair enough, you were no ducks, but they have a sporting, <laughs> sporting <laughs> hall. You're playing up. I went to the <laughs> parties <laughs> with you. Dude, dude. Um, like they have a sporting hall of fame from Fernie Grove High, yet you can't make it. You've played 119 cup <clears throat> games. But so, like, we were talking about this with, uh, we had Julia Wilson. Um, Robinson. Robinson. Robinson on oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She doesn't have her shit up there yet, too. Where's she? Uh, pretty good. She's Is she? Yeah, she's oh, a pretty wow. Girl, yeah, yeah she was a nice chick. Yeah. And then I think when we talked about it, then I told this like, to her. <laughs> I said, one of my mates played under 19 cup ga- played NRL games. He can't get a start. Don't worry about it. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that's been good. Who um is there one lasting memory? One lasting memory like from footy. What well, the grand final's always good. There's a sort of you well, know the buzz of winning it. One question for that, Mozzie, going back to the war, uh, Warriors. Did they all shower naked? No. No. Yeah. We got dudes like that. That's fucking yeah. I'd be uh, only half, man. Religion yeah. thing or small penis thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, the worst thing. Because I've got the smallest uh, naked ass. You speak about culture. That's the one yeah. thing I look for in team culture. If you don't have your cock out in the shit. Yeah, like new, new, really new blokes come it. to Mitchie and the old... Uh, it's a race to get and, your kid off. And the old exactly penis inspector over here is fucking <laughs> lingering. It puts them off a bit in the shower. Hey, that guy, Freedy, he was like standing there in the shower. No, he was fully clothed just watching me. Like, he does that a bit, man. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> Anyway, back to those questions. <laughs> what was that? Um, What's your la- like your favourite well, memory? I know, like um, the prelim and that run you went in two oh four. Um, yeah. other great memories you had, like what about the time um that you 
you beat Manly at Brookie and Ra and um, John Hopawati went eyeball to eyeball yeah. and were going to punch Tari out of each other and you were the bloke that was standing next cab off the rank to try and break <laughs> this up. <laughs> that would have been so much fun. You, think, oh, mm. you just would have gone down faking an injury or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she would have stayed out of that one. Two big bulls going. But no, it, it, it's, it's not one thing. It's um, like probably six weeks. And it was when we... We had to. I was at the Cowboys, and we had to beat um, West Tigers at Campbelltown to make the eight for the first time. And um, in the club's history. In the club's history. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was so a Sunday Arvo game. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a Channel Nine game. And I remember I scored a try, and I stepped, and I'm, I don't have much of a step. I think he fell over. Scotty. Scotty Sattler. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I was on the left at this stage, yeah. but in that game, I, I broke my hand probably in the first 10, 10 minutes. And then I got stitches in about the 30th minute and then, oh man, yeah. I was like, this is torture. And then, um, so I got those fixed up, came out, scored a try in the first five minutes of the set and when I stepped Scotty Sattler, who I'd played with at the Crushers as well as, um, the Gold Coast, the Chargers. Uh, and then so, and we won and, um, that, that was the start of a pretty amazing six weeks cause we'd made it. <clears throat> and then we went, um, back to Townsville. You c- couldn't get to your car. There was thousands of people in the airport. Have you been to Townsville? It's a small airport and it was just jam packed and it was like, wow, you know, so good. Went to training as a thousand people at training, yeah. you know, and then. It was just cowboy mania, and then we we can't remember who we played next week. And then it was finals, and we had to play the Bulldogs. So we snuck in somehow seventh. Someone must have lost, and so we played the Bulldogs, <laughs> who were second. And um, mate, we weren't supposed to win down there. There's like eight people there, you know, but uh, they'd all flown down from Townsville. Matty Singh scores three in the air, and we beat them. And it's like wow. And then. Um, <laughs> back down shoot home for a couple of days and you're back in sydney again and then i remember no way no No, man it was no we were were on the piss it was yeah i had mad cow bank (laughs) standard (laughs) and then um it was uh mark guyer come and spoke to us we had to play um who we playing the next week oh the broncos gonna play the bronc sorry those hacks yeah Yeah. and it was supposed (laughs) to be in sydney right yeah so that's right. It was supposed to be in Sydney. And then Bennett said, no, let's take it to Townsville. And um, I remember we'd never beaten the Broncos. And Talis, uh, sorry, not Talis, um, Guy spoke to us before the game. And I don't know, he didn't, I wouldn't call him a wordsmith, but. Oh, far just from it. No, 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 uh, no, Mark, no. Guy. Mark Guy. And because yeah. he was a mate of Muzzers, Graham Murray. Yeah. And he spoke to us because he spoke to us before the Doggies game as well. But just the passion of the bloke, you know, and it just like, right. And then we, um, anyway, you know, history there, we, we come out and beat the Bronx and then went down to um, uh, Sydney and ended up, it was the Roosters and then that last 30 seconds we had that scrum and they fucking, Simpkins, cheating prick, uh, wouldn't wouldn't stop the clock after Minichello had knocked it on. But anyway... Uh, that's history. Um, ha- yeah, I haven't, uh, yeah, hadn't let it bother me too much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, like you said, because 
when people like they think rugby league right it's from Sydney up to this way yeah um and they say oh but Brisbane is the capital of rugby league and how long were we up in Townsville for was it two weeks or three weeks like you were there about three weeks three weren't weeks. you and you just and adapted to us Townsville's the fucking mm. hard oh yeah they mm. fucking there's no other sport though like mm. that's what they yeah. live and breathe it yeah and it's like that's the heart of rugby league like yeah. and then and uh, Brisbane is like we we very we, we love it too. Yeah. But Townsville, uh, Cairns is a bit too more touristy, yeah. but like that, I think that's the hub. Yeah. 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 No, it's a great place. Good, just good joint. Yeah. Off, off it, Al hates it because he's pasty white skin. Yeah. Yeah. It's not key. Anywhere we're saying. Obviously, Cantoni loves it more up north because that's where he's from. Yeah. But, uh, yes. <laughs> who are the blokes you, you, who would be your best mates footy wise over, over your career mate like you know blokes that you still either stay in touch with or you're tightest with like because when I explain to other people outside of footy you got some real good footy mates but they're not blokes you might stay in touch with re, like you might not see them as much but when you do it's just like you saw them two days ago mm. and now with social media and shit and the way things are with phones you can message people fucking all the time and stay in touch like that yeah mm, yeah. yeah mate i describe i've i've been at a at a pub before <clears throat> and um a player i've played against who i've never met before come over and said day, and i was with a couple of mates and um they've gone oh do you know him i said no he said well you blokes was like your best mates I said yeah and so the best way i can describe <laughs> it is that you've got mates but it's different to footy because think about guys that you might have gone to school with. If I see a guy I went to school with who's across the road, I may or may not sing out, right? That I, yeah. But if I was a bloke across the road I played footy with, yeah. oi, straight over there, you know, because yeah. you've been in situations that normal people, mm. if you're normal mates, you're not, you know, so you find a true character. I think sport brings that out in people. And um, so, yeah, so Roddy, you know, from the Warriors, I'm just really close with Logan Swan still. Yeah, you, you know, were li you were living together yeah, we lived for a together while. together there. Um, and then the Cowboys, you know, there's, mate, there's nine of us in the punters club, so it's hard to pick which one of them. But, mm. you know, we we went to LA last year together for a while. Oh, week. did you just catch up with Mano? Is that why you talking about the restaurants? <coughs> yeah, yeah, that's a G up. Yeah, yeah I was trying not, yeah. I didn't know whether that was a real Instagram because it looked like he had no activity in ages. <coughs> Yeah. No, he, yeah, yeah, that's one of the boys. Um, that's that's Mano, the guy who's gonna wants to come on the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, the LA Mongrels coach. He, um, so he, um, he uh, basically a punters club, and it was his bet. And most everyone's crap punter, but yeah. anyway, he had his bet, and because he's over there, none of us were watching it. Won the the, the race anyway. At about three in the morning, I just happened to wake up. And I uh, went to Dunny and I saw my phone was just beeping and beeping. I was like, what's going on? Had a look and it was Mano going, any you fuckers awake? You seen this? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, look. And he jagged a quad. He had paid 22 grand. Fuck. Yeah. And then I was like, whoa. So and I couldn't sleep. And then gradually blokes started waking up for their four o'clock pisses, right? The older we get. <laughs> and uh, so there's more, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, so by 6.30, we're all on there just how pumped. And it was like, right, we're coming to you. <laughs> so we, uh, our, our trip, normally we get enough to go to Melbourne to Derby Day, but this time we went to 
LA. That's unbelievable. Oh, that's he he told that story. He was talking a rugby league in America <laughs> podcast with Nate Gladden, and he was telling that story how a bunch of his mates in the punters club came over. Oh, it was unreal, mate. He didn't triple he, loss. He didn't mention that about the twenty two grand quaddy though. Yeah, that's yeah, fucking. That's what got us there. Well, that's good. <laughs> so it was even better then when I heard from him. Yeah. Oh, well, I, all good. Yeah, that's all we got for like Sweet. the questions and stuff with Mozzie of State. I thought we only had you for an hour, so mate, we appreciate the time you've given us. That's all right. Usually, what we do now is uh, Dane's actually looked like he's lost all life in his body because he hasn't said anything for our But um, <laughs> uh, right, he'll break, break it down, ask you like a couple more finishing questions, yep. and then we're gone. Done. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks for watching us on YouTube when this comes out. Footy, just around the corner. Everyone, keep the faith. Things are going good. Keep behaving in society. Keep looking after each other. Keep looking after your loved ones and your friends and stay in touch if you're not seeing people because the world's a bad place and <laughs> at times and people can get in some bad, bad head spaces during this. There is light at the end of the tunnel. The shops are opening and the pubs are opening, which is even better, and we'll be back. Except for the Ferny Grove Tav, you've probably got about as many people in there tonight as you will do in, in eight weeks. But we'll be going live from West Mitchie. We're trying to go live from the Ferny Grove Tav just to breathe some life into that poor dead shit joint. And take care. We'll be back next week. And remember, don't be a mercenary. Thanks heaps for coming on, Dave. You're a great man. Thank you.